there's a waist strap for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, a, that's absolutely right. You know, and it's, yeah. it's a big thing in the infantry. And I, yeah. I never got it from you, but, yeah. you know, wait, take that weight strap yeah. off. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's for weakness. Like, no, that's the, yeah. that's the way yeah. it's supposed to be. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Or the, the logic was, if you take contact, you're going to need to be able to shed your backpack. If you take yeah. contact, you're not going to give a fuck. You're, you're, <laughs> you're going to be so high on adrenaline yeah. that you could be carried. That thing's just going to vanish. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you threw it 100 yards. You didn't even know yeah. you could do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and and it takes one second to unclip it. Yeah, so, exactly. Right? It's going to be okay. But yeah, I, that was, you know, that was certainly the culture when I came in as a private. You know, like, and, foot marching with uh you know with with yeah, i think it's third third brigade hundred for i mean it was like you literally you know the way that they had it it was like literally uh you know put behind the alice pack and taped up like it wasn't even mm-hmm. it was not even an option to, yeah. to, to yeah. like have that thing out so yeah yeah that's it's it's a mistake you know yeah uh, that's yeah. how a lot of people get hurt. Yeah. You know, you yeah. you, know, you don't use the the equipment in the way that it's designed to be used. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, you have a good point. I mean, rucking breaks a lot of people. That's right. That's right. Um, you have some the people that have muscular or skeletal issues that they didn't even know about. Yeah. Put 40 pounds on the back, make them walk 12 miles. You'll figure out that they got a problem. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, that's, that's true. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's right. Um, so we're here with episode two after our in-depth discussion about Rook marching and <laughs> uh, warrant officers. Um, and we're, we're here again with uh, Lieutenant Colonel Brian Kitching. He's joining us for part two. Um, and we appreciate everyone else joining us for part two and hearing the rest of his story. Um, and finally, what we kind of wanted to, to lead on into was we, we mentioned a little bit in the first episode that, you know, firefights were a big part of our deployment, but really the undercurrent for the whole thing was the IED. Mm, yeah. Um, and, which we perceive to be a unique aspect of RAO that I know we shared with Hellman, Zari, Argonob mm-hmm. was the, the very small dismounted IEDs. Yeah. What was, what was your intelligence beforehand and understanding of how that, that particular fight was going to pan out and how did it pan out? So some, some of the Intel that we had was uh, if you remember, and I, I, I can't remember when we were at NTC, whether, um, whether Colonel Rutherford brought this, it was like this PowerPoint presentation, which I had seen before, but essentially it, it was showing, uh, it's, it's one of these PowerPoints that shows some of the ways that they are putting, you know, that they will sort of set these things up, whether it's, you know, um, as you're walking along a, along a path, like an IED under a, you know, under a tree, that's a nice, nice place to sit or in, in a wall, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and they would show these pictures of, you know, the, the IED is up underneath this piece of dirt. Can you, can you tell that it's there? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and as I know, you guys know way better than I do in, in most cases, you can't, you, you know, you can't identify where it is. Uh, you, you do get a better sense in some cases, how, how, you know, just where based it be, where yeah. it should be, you know, or, or, um, we've been here before and, and this looks like a great area to stage an attack, you know, mm-hmm. or to, or to set something up, but, uh, we know that the the equipment was was pretty bad um, in terms of detecting that stuff. Um, so I knew that the IED was sort of the centerpiece of their ability to kind of you know get started with a complex attack. Right. You know, um, uh, you know if they could, and if they couldn't, then there was certainly the geometry of you know our little piece of Panjway was was such that. You know, you could kind of watch our formation uh, mm-hmm. walking around and, and, and kind of get into a position where you could at least, you know, either do some small scale like skirmishing or, 
or uh, sort of just just uh, you know baseline ambush with you know PKM AK forty seven right. and, and then kind of break contact and move into you know those sort of more dense clusters of right. of uh, structures. So you know I I had that intel from Colonel Rutherford. I had you know my own you know experience of contact in inside that area and then um, you know discussions with my brother and his ODA and and uh, then others who had served in that same area like Zari, right. Argenbab, et cetera. Yeah. So when when you um you were in Panjway before, was the IED threat as prevalent? Because it was it before two thousand six that you were running around in there? No, it was it was after yeah, was it? it was okay. after that. Um but again, you know, it's it was not as much of a you know as much of a concern, I guess, because you know we weren't out there like you wouldn't typically go in somewhere and then walk for three hours. It was more like you're going to land and then maybe run into a compound. Yeah. You know, so, you know, we know here that like it could be anywhere. Yeah. But in, in a lot of cases, like you, there's a picture, I think on the, uh, on the podcast, I was like, you, you know, you mentioned if you get into a village and like people are milling about, you got kids running around, you're like, oh, okay, well, yeah. we're, we're probably going to be okay. But if, if you go into a village, doesn't matter how far you are into the village, if there's not a whole lot of people walking around, like an ID could be, could be anywhere. anywhere right? Yeah. And so I think we were in some cases running around doing these raids and we probably dodged, you know, you know, dodged a bullet, so to speak. Because we did have uh, ranger elements who, you know, had some pretty catastrophic uh, IED events in in those areas. That's right. Yeah, that was a bad one. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but it's it's a different uh, it's a different beast when you're out there. Yeah, and we got a taste of that on that air assault that we did um, out to the west. Actually, we hit the same compound that we took contact from that very first time. Yeah, I remember it that. It was like months later. I remember yeah. that. But we got a taste for that and I remember we were always joking, oh, fucking rangers, they're all badass yeah. and stuff, but they've had to come here and hump their gear. <laughs> that's right, like, you know, and and, I, and and that that's that's exactly right. And, and um, the, the, and the amount of support and assets yeah. that go into putting you know, um, a ranger element onto the ground in the middle of the night. It's, it's a lot. Yeah. I mean, there, there, there's a lot. And so, um, you know, f- for us, it's like, um, you know, during the deployment we're discussing in 2012, it's like, you know, you make contact and then you, you call it for support. And they're like, I mean, how bad is it? Mm-hmm. Like, you take, <laughs> you really need take a, taking a lot of contact yeah. or, <laughs> or just a little bit. Yeah. 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 And that's, um, yeah, that's, that's a good point. And I was, I was joking. I don't think I broke a sweat on that aerosol, you know? <laughs> but that, that was a, that was a glorious mission. That was that was that was, so that was the way to do it. it when we like, found that we didn't have to walk back, yeah, coming back. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you think like yeah. how how difficult uh, that typically like to get those resources? Yeah, yeah. Get that That's, pulled yeah. down. I was, I was amazed it happened. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I can't believe we did as many as we did. Yeah, and we mm-hmm. got about three or four good aerosols in there. Yeah. yeah. Um. I mean, while we're talking about it, I mean, can you shed a little insight on that aerosol? How that ended up? coming to be i actually don't remember the origin of it um but i think i think what makes it what made it a little bit easier for us to um to get several of those is because we sort of had an understanding on how to use the assets how to plan it right how to you know speak you know know how to communicate with pos to say hey this is going to be 
you know, this is the kind of operation it'll be. It's going to be, you know, very, I don't want to, you know, simple, but it's not like we're, we're going to fly for two hours to a location. You're going to have to like all this, the complexity of logistics, like refuel and, you know, it's like, it was a pretty short flight. It was was very, very short. It's very short. And so I think, you know, having habitual relationships with, um, you know, with flight crews and aviation, I think that, that, uh, that made it, that made it easier yeah, for yeah. us to, to be able to put those together yeah. throughout the deployment. Yeah. Yeah. We got some, you know, we got, we, yeah, we got to do times, a couple yeah. three yeah. good air assaults, but the vast, vast majority of the time we walked in, walk. which she had to walk in pantry, yeah. which we've already talked about. Yeah. That. yeah. Well, I mean, go, going back to the IEDs, um, you mentioned the equipment. Yeah. Um, and I know well, our perception was that we never received the training on the equipment that we should have before we went in there. Yeah. Um, you know, and part of that is because it was such a short notice deployment. When mm-hmm. when were we going to send guys off to get a forty hour course on the mine house? Sure. You know, it wasn't it wasn't a possibility. But you know, you knew you understood the IED threat going in. Mm-hmm. Did the fact that we weren't getting training on that yeah. equipment and the TTPs did that was that was that a concern? Yeah. So um, I think I think what I would um, what I'd say there is like when we got to Kandahar, you know, I don't I don't. I can't remember who specifically was identified, but there was training that happened there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think the way that uh, at least um, the leadership looked at it is when, you know, so there's that training there as much as, as much as they could offer, which yeah. was worthless. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, because, because they're setting up, they're essentially setting up right. a lane that is not, um, what you will face, yeah. right? Right. Yeah, and it you know, was like, like tripwires, uh, sure, like, sure. like, and Soviet tank sure. lines, and not and even that. Like that. It was just like a patch of dirt. Sure. You know, if they had created funnels right. and you right. know things like that, have been different. Right. But yeah. It's just like a little right. field, and you, you know. And so the you know the way I think at least Colonel Rutherford saw it when I talked to him about this exact thing was when you know trying to set up your own mm-hmm. and and continuing to go back through those and yeah, I, th- I think when we all look back on it is like. um I'm not sure how much training would be required for a piece of equipment that doesn't really work that well. Yeah. Yeah. May, you know, may, maybe, maybe there is, but the other thing to remember is like, at what pace mm-hmm. do you have to walk in order for it to actually be effective? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. you guys were, were probably the best in terms of, um, and of course the other platoons would be like, that's not true. You know? yeah. um, but, but they're allowed to be wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, th- you know, in some cases like uh, just a sort of sweep, you know, sort yeah. of just, just putting on the dog. as my <laughs> we, we were just <laughs> carrying it. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, but you know, it, yeah. it, um, I've seen it like I've, I've seen a number of different ways that, that guys who are walking up front would, will do it. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, with, you know, not just mine hound, but of course the other, the other yeah. variants. And well, I mean, the trick yeah. was really by the end, it wasn't that we were not using it. Yeah. It was that we knew we knew where we could be relatively sure. safe yeah. and we knew sure. we had to turn it on. Yeah. And, and that's what that's what it boiled down to yeah. is like, yeah, it, we, we talked in the previous episode about as first platoon, we kind of had those three phases, those three evolutions yeah. of yeah. the fight. And by the time we got to that third uh, round, our counter IED senses we're very, very finely tuned. Yeah. And yeah. so those last few patrols is like, we were in the grape rows. We weren't. Yeah. Beep, beep, yeah, beep. absolutely. You know, yeah. We were hauling ass right. to get to the objective. 
And now and we would get to a path we had to cross, you know, we wouldn't, instead of just walking across the intersection or yeah. going through a T intersection or a bridge, knock down the wall. Yeah. Very deliberately clear across that path. Hopefully there's a shit creek on the other side mm. because for folks who don't know how IEDs work, if they get wet, they ain't going to work. Yeah. So, you know, slide in that shit creek up and over the next wall and then back into a field. And then you don't have to, then you could just bolt right. down the, yeah. you know, the creek yeah. row again. So yeah. it was a constant, I think the thing about, at least on our level, the constant, um, the constant fight with the IED element yeah. was an incredibly difficult one. Because the lessons that you had to learn were very harshly learned. Yeah. And then you had to, took a couple times to really figure it out, you know, so yeah. you didn't learn it the first time you learned it on that third or fourth IED strike. Right. And then they change it and then they would change it up, yeah. you know? And like we had talked about strong pointing, well, I, you know, Curtis and I were talking about today, if we would say there another three months, then mm-hmm. by the end of November, we have a strong point on a, on a compound and it had been rigged to freaking blow. There had been, you know, IEDs sure. on the roofs or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it was this constant ebb and flow of us trying to do the mission, take, you know, take, get into contact with the enemy, but also just trying not to let that IED yeah. completely wreck your, yeah. your capacity as a soldier to do yeah. so. Yeah. And it was, it was difficult, man. Yeah. Like that was the hardest part of, stepping out the wire every day. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure you saw that just rippling through your ranks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can, you know, you see it like when, when you're, if you, if you remember sort of standing at the top of the spare one guard, like before you go out the gate, like, like that's in many, or you're standing out on the, you know, whatever that slab was like right near the defect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the hockey pad. Yeah. The hockey pad. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <clears throat> but when you, you know, you look at, look at guys' faces, the way they're, you know, what they're, you know, you wonder, you know, you wonder what people are thinking and how they're like, how are you getting yourself ready for mm-hmm. what's getting ready to happen? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, did somebody just get hurt the day before? You know, um, I can remember uh, the night right after, you know, I lost like the, the first person I've ever lost is uh, Sergeant Joel Clarkson in second Ranger Battalion. We went out like we did a raid the very next night and I was, you know, incredibly upset about it, you know, and I can remember talking to, uh, you know, talking to my commander at the time and, um, you know, so, so you look at, you know, you look at, um, you know, you, you, you definitely observe, um, the difficulty that people are going through and, you know, there's, there's a balance, you know, there's certainly a balance between, okay, is this a situation where, you know, this person or that person needs to you know, maybe take a breather or go, mm-hmm. you know, go see somebody, mm-hmm. um, uh, versus, you know, um, are, are they, you know, are they saying they're good to go? And, and I'm just, we're just going to pull them out. Um, you know, because in some cases guys, you know, they want to push, you know, they want to you know push through things, but you know, there's, there are no perfect answers and that, that yeah. in some cases is the, you know, it's a difficult, we want, we want there to be predictability. We want everybody to be safe. We, you know, and you can look back and say, boy, we shouldn't have done X, Y, and Z, but mm-hmm. you know, and I think, is. um, you know, it's, uh, you know, talk about going back out that next day and, uh, and that's a consistent theme across every infantry deployment or combat deployment. And, um, but one of the things that I kind of think about is like, you know, 
sometimes that's the right answer because it gets people back on task mm-hmm. and it gets them back on on focus and and but then sometimes sure it wasn't the right answer yeah, you know right. and i think one of one of the things about the ied threat was that okay you know if we went out let's say we go to sketch and there's no ieds somebody gets shot and uh we come back and the next day we go back to sketch a now, I don't think there's an infantryman out there that would be like, I don't want to go if they can mm. walk in there and know they can fuck up the guys who mm. fucked up their buddy, mm. you know? So if we could exacted revenge without having to worry about stepping IDs on, you know, on somebody or a, a place or whatever, then it would have been, you know, going back out that next night would have been a different component. Mm. But but for us, like by the end of the deployment, uh, especially when we took those IED strikes, like there was nothing you could do about it. You didn't have any agency yeah. to to at least present to yourself the illusion of control over mm, it you know yeah, yeah. so that it made for um yeah that's a difficult thing for yeah, soldiers yeah. to have to fight with you know yeah yeah Go that's what it is at its core it's yeah you can't control it yeah, yeah you know right. you can mitigate by route selection or training with the mine hound <laughs> as well as as well as that was or making yeah. sure you had enough batteries yeah, or line charges mine hounds, or, or whatever line charges or, or yeah, whatnot yeah. but the end of the day, I mean, how many times, uh, you know, Sergeant Frost, mm-hmm. he was halfway back in his formation, right. yeah. stepped yeah. off the cleared path. Yeah. You know, Todd, you know, you and Dennison and Kohler and Nagurn had already been through that intersection. Yeah. You'd walked and he just took one different step. Uh, yeah, that's right. That's um, right. So at that knowing that in the back of everybody's heads, because in the beginning, we're like, oh, well, there's all those people up there. I'm good back here. Yeah. But as soon as that illusion got taken away, yeah. Yeah. Like that that was that was heavy. Yeah. I was on the one with with uh with Frost. I was on the one with um Jay. I'm mm-hmm. in a and I mean so it's like you know this you, you just never uh you, you never know um yeah. 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 It's it was um yeah. I mean and they changed it up enough. There's enough variety in there implementation yeah the way they designed yeah. them stuff like that that it, it was a constant battle for us so like we had like, it was almost like for the infantrymen in that ao is you had you had two you really had two fights going on you had like the ground fight hmm. the contact the, the firefights the you know duking it out back and forth and then you had the the ied fight simultaneously yeah, yeah. and it's like the way that we had to tackle that in their minds was almost like two separate yeah two separate right yeah, what's the word I'm looking for here? Not personas, but like just two separate tactics essentially yeah. that you had to build into how you approach the day to day. Yeah. So that was a interesting dimension to yeah. Panjway and the other areas down in that part of Afghanistan. Yeah. Well, and the IEDs took away a good portion of your job. Yeah. You know, you can't send us to do to flank a, a village. Or you can't. You very rare situations could you set up like a support by fire or that's right. run battle drill on alpha or yeah. or whatnot. I mean, yeah, that, go that, walk in a file that's a football field long and yeah. You know, yeah. five people are in a position to return fire, and everyone else is just, yeah, chilling. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And that, yeah, and that's it's it's incredibly frustrating, especially when you, you know, you you know, you know where you might be able to get a uh, get into a position of advantage, but you you know, um, to do that would you know put put folks at um, you know too too much risk, and mm-hmm. you know in some cases if um, if you can see some areas where, you know, like if it's an open field and it would be highly, you know, and that, that's why, yeah, I preferred to take, you know, if you could take a small element of some sort 
And if you can go to an area that that it would be highly unlikely that that, you know, if I if I'm Mr. IED implanter, you know, uh, it would be highly unlikely for me to put one right here. Like in some cases, you can take additional risk to get into a position to right. protect another part of the force. But um, again, uh, sometimes they do put stuff in the, you know, especially yeah. if they can, if, if they're good enough, which some of them are, if they're good enough to look at a piece of terrain and say, okay, well, if we hit them here, it's natural that they would kind of move into this area, uh, into this open area or down this path, which I, I think in some cases they were very good at. Um, yeah, we ran into that problem yeah. um, on, I want to say it was Halloween day. It was Halloween or Thanksgiving. Because uh, everybody's like, well, hey, happy Thanksgiving or something. I think it was Thanksgiving. Anyways, we got into a firefight. And uh, that is exactly what happened, you know. They they and it was right outside the it was in Sparewan, I think. You talk about the the IED and the, the IED and the, the open field. field. Oh yeah, the Ring of Rocks. Yeah, there, there was a. I was convinced it was it was for a medevac bird. Yeah, that so, they were hoping to catch somebody with a gunfire and yeah. is an open field. It was plowed. Yeah, and the whole thing there was a ring of rocks around the whole field. Mm. It was just they pulled obvious, this like yeah. It was like there was kind of the the village opened up. It was the perfect size land of Blackhawk. Yeah. They hit us a couple times and kind of pulled us into that field. We pushed across that field onto that wall. I don't think I got to show you the goose that day. I don't think I did. Yeah. I, try, I tried to get it. I tried to get it in operation, yeah. but I couldn't yeah. really justify it. Um, and then I, EOD got to sweeping around and found an ID in the yeah. middle. They oh, found they found an ID, I think. I don't I don't remember if they did or not. This, I just remember seeing the rock formation yeah. and, and knowing it was sketchy. Just, yeah, it, was sketchy. it was really sketchy, yeah. you know. So yeah. they were they were playing with that tactic. You know, yeah. trying to figure out how to use it. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Um, so you actually, this isn't actually your first podcast experience. You, uh, you, uh, you joined John on, uh, on the spear and, and talked about what was probably our first major operation of the mm. point, which was clearing, all clearing all. the horn of Panjway, which, yeah. you know, a lot of our listeners from pre previous deployments and stuff, they're probably shuddering at the thought <laughs> of, of, of doing that or, or laughing at the ridiculousness of thinking that we could. Yeah. Um, could actually clear it. Um, but that, that was a pretty significant for, especially for third platoon. Um, yeah. it was when we took our first, um, you know, KIA for the appointment, Sean Brazis. Yeah. Um, and that kind of kicked off a very quick sequence of that deployment getting very real. Yeah. Yep. Um, that's right. That period of time between the horn and let's, you know, beginning of July, mm -hmm. you know, Luxmore, uh, Luxmore yeah. on June 10th, um, the engineers on the 12th, yeah. um, that period of time, what, what was kind of going through your head? Did you think it was going to continue ramping up? You know, did you think like, if we, if we don't slow down, we're not going to have a company by, because yeah. we, we all thought we were, gonna, we all thought like, fuck dude, yeah. like we're yeah. losing, we're losing the guy weeks so by the end yeah. of this thing. We're going to, half of us are going to be wounded or killed. Yeah. I, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, what I thought was going to happen to um, the formation. I, I did not, I did not think that it was, you know, it was going to be catastrophic for, uh, for the team, but I did know that it was going to ramp up in yeah. terms of violence. I mean, it's, it's may right mm -hmm. in Panjway, right. You know, so this is not, you know, this is not something that um, was going to slow down in terms of operational tempo. Now, if you remember, this was still, you know, third platoon was still like, oh, you know, we haven't taken any contact. I mean, going into that operation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And again, you you know, you just you do what you're um, you do what you're supposed to do and don't worry about trying to get into a fight. Like, because 
um, you know, it's just something you don't want to, you don't want to invite, you know, right. think things like that. Um, and that battle, that first one in particular was, I think it was a huge eye opener for, uh, for that, for that platoon. And I think they, I think they did very, very well yeah. amidst the confusion of, of the A and A and, yeah. uh, it was A and A. It was like some like yeah, police. Coffee. I mean, it was, yeah, it was very, yeah. it was very, um, very confusing. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, how that element was fighting because you, it's very difficult to control yeah. what they're, you know, what they're doing uh, as a local security force. Yeah. Um, now, when uh, when when Luxmore was killed, I was actually at you know this was one of the bigger uh, like rock drills, rehearsal of concept drills for the ANA mm-hmm. at Zangabad, and so I was at Zangabad in the middle of this rock drill, rock drill, yeah. and I can remember trying to leave the rock drill, like I was just gonna leave and come you know and, and colonel rutherford stopped me and he said you know like what do you think you're gonna do mm. like like what what do you think it is that you're going to do with if you leave here you know um and and in my mind i was just like i don't you know in my mind i was just like i don't i don't know i just want to be with i just want to be with my company you know and mm-hmm. and and he said you know you you got to realize like you know, you can't solve, you know, everything by just going and being there, you know, we're going to continue to these operations. Like, and, and we're like in the middle of plans. Big. Yeah, so that was very, that was very difficult. Yeah. <laughs> that was very, yeah. it was very difficult because, you know, as a, uh, I, I want to be on the ground. I want to be with the guy. I mean, I want to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was very that was very hard, but uh, you know, overall, I, I truly believe that the the violence was going to get worse. Yeah, which um, it did. Which it did. You know, mm-hmm. w- which it did, and and it was. Um, but you know, uh, to that point, um, and it may not have seemed like it, but I, you know, was I, I was trying to be very deliberate about each thing that we did, right. looking at each thing. Um, certainly as, as they're coming together, but to say, okay, do, do we, do I think we need to do this? Um, and then listening to, um, you know, listen to the, the platoon leaders, platoon stars, like the feedback, like as you're going out on patrol, those guys are coming back to me and saying, Hey, I, you know, I think this is kind of what we saw and we think it kind of links into this village or, uh, we, you know, ANA, you know, Captain Habibola was, he was a guy who knew the community. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember if you guys remember there was a guy who replaced him at, at one point. Yeah, they they ripped out. Yeah, and yeah. and this was a guy. I don't know if you guys ever knew this, but this this guy, this commander was like, uh, uh, on Monday we go north, on Tuesday we go east, on Wednesday. I mean, this was, and I was like, <laughs> uh, dang, I was like, uh, time out. You know, maybe we should. You know, and he's trying to do his code. Maybe we should design our operations based on the enemy situation you know and he i mean he was he was very um and so you know there was that there was that challenge and if if we didn't do it that way sometimes he'd be like "Ah, i don't want to i'm not going to go i'm not going to go out yeah or or you guys can take the lead because i don't want to do that Uh, so yeah that that's 
again, that that's another piece of the challenge yeah. too. So, yeah. Um, I, I was I was with you when the engineers got hit. We were in that in the gray putt, mm. um, and you know half of our squad was over. Luke was over there with them, providing security because they were interrogating that IED. Yeah. Um, yeah, we were linking up with them to pull them back into the to the yeah, yeah. to the patrol base. So, and what what was happening in that gray putt was confusion because we knew that they were investigating an IED. Yeah. Um, and I think that was the first time I ever saw on the deployment where you didn't know what was going on, or that we saw that you knew you didn't know yeah. what was going on because you look around. And, yeah. Was that a bit? Yeah. And then there was that infamous silence. Yeah. yeah. When you know something just happened. Because if it was a BIP, you would have heard about it. Sure. Or they would have come back on the road and like, yep, Roger that. Sorry, forgot to make the 30 yeah. second call or something. Yeah. Um, so there was that silence. And then you're kind of trying to process. And then you have basically three groups of people all hoping it wasn't one of theirs. Yeah. Um, we're obviously in there saying like, oh, oh my God, like that's my, that's my squad. Like, I, are they okay? Um, and you had the Afghans that were there yeah, calling their guys. Like, hey, was it one of our guys? Was it one of our guys? But the most devastating one was the squad leader for that engineer element mm. who was by himself with us. And those mm. were his guys. Yeah. And he was the only one in that room that wasn't wondering whether it was his guys. Yeah. He knew. Yeah. I remember uh, uh, coming back from that, pushing into the gray putt and him, and he was there. And I remember him basically just trying to figure out what the hell happened. You know, yeah. he was yeah. asking us what was going on. I wish I, I wish I could remember more detail, but I was pretty, I was pretty addled, obviously. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, but it was, yeah. yeah, that speaks to the IED. Yeah. yeah that speaks yeah. to yeah. how that thing fucking works. Yeah. Well, you know, the, these elements that we, we received for these bigger operations mm-hmm. and, you know, the dog handlers, which we had for the, sure for the duration, you know, which by nature of their job were the greatest at risk yeah. in our formation. Absolutely. Um, your relationships with those teams, like the commanders of the engineers or the guy in charge of the military working dog kennels. Yeah. And, you know, when they send guys down to us in these high risk roles and yeah. we're sending them back in on medevacs or in body bags. Yeah. Um, what was your relationship like with those units that were supporting us to try to give them the trust? Like, Hey, yeah. we're not being reckless with your guys' yeah. lives. Um, yeah. but also please send more. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know? I, and, um, and, you know, primarily they would be over the phone cause you know, a lot of those leaders, um, you know, I, and certainly they probably had people spread all over the place, yeah. but, um, it, it was not, simple to like come to Sparrow and guard just to like check on your guys. Right. I mean, um, I mean, you saw the way that, that general Abrams had to come in. I mean, the, I mean, those aircraft were getting shot at trying mm-hmm. to come and land and bring supplies and things like that. So it wasn't like, Hey, I just want to quickly go check on, check on my guys at Sparrow and guard. There wasn't a thing. So it would be phone calls. It would, mm-hmm. it, it would be, if you send us a dog handler, they need to be able to walk. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you mean? Well, it's going to be very challenging, and yeah. they need to be in shape. Um, same thing if you, you know, um, and they need to be prepared to be here for a while if we can't get them out. Um, but let me tell let me tell you about Sergeant Lilly because you know I'm I'm the one who stumbled on him when he was going to join our operation, and 
I can't remember if it was at Zangabad or, or, or somewhere else, but I, I saw this guy standing outside of a tent and he was standing there and he had a bandage over his neck. And, uh, you know, I said, Hey, what's going on, Sergeant? How's, how's it going? He's like, Hey, what's going on, sir? He's out there smoking a cigarette. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I said, you know, what's going on? I, said, ah, I just came back off some operation. And I was like, what happened to your neck? He was like, ah, I got shot through the neck. You know, I was like, what? You know, I was like, damn. <laughs> damn man. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like standing yeah. there smoking a cigarette. And um, and I, I remember saying, yeah, man, that, uh, you know, I hope, hope you're okay. You know, we're getting ready to go out on this operation. I'm kind of looking for you know, people are going to be attached, you know, he's like, well, what, you know, what company are you? Yeah. Bico 164. Oh, I'm your guy. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I can remember saying, no, you're not. You're not the guy, man. You're not, you're not the guy. I can remember, you know, calling my chain of command being, you know, this is probably, it's probably not, it's probably not what we want to do. Um, but he wanted to. Yeah. yeah. He wanted to do this, and and for, you know, for the folks who are listening, I mean, I can remember the division commander at the time. You know, when when we did the memorial ceremony for Sergeant Lilly, is you know, I said, you know, where do we find these men? You know, where do we find them? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and the the truth is, they're all around us every single day, um, and and you watch what people will do and and I've said this before is that is what is to me the most addictive is to not in a bad way in a good way mm-hmm. is to watch what someone will do to save the life of of a friend that that is and and I believe that to my core is it is um when you when you see that um and and you know so Sergeant Lily I mean if you remember I mean this is a, these guys would they were finding all sorts of stuff yeah, all the time. Over, and and, and so the lives that they saved. Mm-hmm. If I mean, we had cleared on that mission. Sure. We got fucked up. Four or five guys. Yeah. We got yeah. fucked up for sure. Um, you know, they, they, they yeah. at least saved the legs of four or five guys. If yeah. not four or five guys lives. Yeah. Um, and so it's just, it's just in- incredible. So yeah, pretty, pretty, uh, pretty amazing. <clears throat> Uh, group of you know enablers that would come and 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 the EOD guys amazing you know capabilities that uh, you know they brought um, so I, I you know I think people knew that there's a company in Sparrowingar who's who's really uh, you know trying to make a difference as hard as that is um, and they wanted to try to be a part of you know creating some space and and dismantling the capabilities that were being fed, not just in the Kandahar, but elsewhere further mm-hmm. West into the horn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah um, the horn. And so again, I mean, these, it's like, what does winning mean? Like, like yeah. God, I'm not sure that anybody knows that, but. And we've, we've talked about that. We, me and, and Curtis and I have recorded a kind of a standalone episode where we basically have that conversation and what really makes it, what makes, um, military service but especially in those situations in those places especially at that time you know that was i always fall back on that was 11 years into the war yeah it wasn't 2002 and we were there to fuck you know extract revenge for 9-11 yeah. you know and um 
it was, you know, the, it's remarkable to think that the guys and, you know, they, they fell back on just that. But they're doing it for each other. Yeah. 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 Yeah, And that's, that's just, it's like, and it's an incredible, it's in, it's something I'm, I'm learning to develop a deeper gratitude for. Yeah. um, Especially in the process of making this podcast. Yeah is that it was an incredible ask of them. Yeah. Yeah. It's an it was an incredible ask even though they volunteered for the job knowing yeah. knowing the implications of that. Yeah. It was still an incredible ask for these people for a 19 20 21 yeah. year old yeah. kid to go out there and do this. And then when when the shit went down, it was incredible to see that the willingness to go to those links and to those measures for other guys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I get the comment or not the comment, but the question a lot, like, what was it worth it? You know, what did you accomplish over there? You know, the Taliban is still there. Sperwingar got uh, taken over about a month and a half ago. Yeah. It's a Taliban base now. Sure. Um, and what I what we kind of came to was it wasn't our job to worry about that. Yeah. You know, our job was to go out, do what we were told and get back. Yeah. Um. So for us to judge the success or the merits of that deployment based on what happened nine years later, yeah, that, that's pointless. Yeah, you know, there, there's no there's no sense in that. Even at the time, yeah, the Taliban are still here. You know, when we leave, they're going to take Spermagar. We knew that. We knew that yeah. all along that that was going to happen. But our job at that time in that place was to go out and make sure as many people got back as possible. Yeah. yeah. And as far as that concerned, like if if the whole country went to the Taliban, I wouldn't think it was a waste because Luke got back. You know, and all these other, you came back. You know, I came back. As many people as we could got get back, they came back. Um, and in that case, yeah, it was worth it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, and sometimes it can be a, you know, it can be a tough pill to swallow. But, you know, I, th- I think you hit it, you know, you hit it on the head and is that, you know, there are a lot of efforts going into what's happening in Afghanistan yeah. and, and, you know, an infantry company in a, you know, a small piece of a district mm-hmm. in a province. And I think it's, you know, this country, I mean, you, you know, you, you can't uh, try to take all of that onto your shoulders. I mean, the, the I think it's, it's pretty clear that the, the Taliban is going to be involved probably in the governing of <laughs> this. I mean, they, they technically, you know, uh, and practically have been this, this entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, to, 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 you know, feel guilty in any way. I mean, again, yeah, we did what we were asked to do to the best of our ability with, with, I think as much care as, you know, as we could put forward while still doing what we were asked to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, it's, it's tough business. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, um, you know, what makes that business easier is when you get an 84 millimeter recoilless rifle, <laughs> Carl Gustav. All right, we're gonna get the story from the horse. How did we end up with the Gustav? Yes, because it, in like at that time, infantry companies did, did not, not have. Yeah, Gustavs. it was like Ranger Bat and SF are the only people. Who had. I, I I don't remember exactly, but I think it was I think it was gonna get fielded anyway. Right, and I can't remember the 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 timing of it, but I will say that um, <clears throat> you know at least at at the higher levels we were we were I'm not saying at the higher levels beyond us, you know, we were always at trying to get the, any capability we could, that would give us, give us an edge. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, I knew that 
you know, from obviously from time and uh, in the range riding with that, the Gustav's a, it's a great, it's a great weapon system. But I actually think, you know, the 203 round was really employed well yeah. by, yeah. by the two, yeah. you know, the, the guys with the 203s to, to, to a, to a point where, I mean, the accuracy was very impressive. It yeah. was incredibly yeah. impressive. Yeah. Uh, shit hot with the 203s. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, you know, having that and then the support of Kiowa pilots and Apache pilots. I mean, these were, you know, uh, I bet they would probably uh, get in trouble for some of the stuff that they that they did in support of the guys like, you know, landing, landing, and, landing <laughs> and like, you know, like we're filling up, um, you know, you know, empty care package boxes with two or three rounds and they're, you know, Gatorade or water and they're like batteries and they're like flying over at low levels, throwing it out. I mean, because guys are pinned down in the middle of a fire. I mean, these are the, you know, and they're like, trying to take off, you know, like one arm on the two or three rounds. Like, man, it's yeah. just, you know, these are the kinds of things that, um, and talking to those guys, yeah. that is the thing they're most proud of. Like, yeah. like they're obviously they're proud of all the dudes that yeah. they smoked and they smoked a lot. Of <laughs> um, but they're like, I think one of the most rewarding things is when I dropped stuff out of my helicopter to, to guys. Cause they, yeah. they knew see how much em. we appreciated that. Yeah, they could you see, see it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, uh, and it's a strange, you know, it's a strange sight too, you know, like yeah. third, when third platoon was kind of in that and they, they were dropping water and like some of them are exploding and it's like, <laughs> yeah. it's just this so weird. weird. So, yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's, that's, was pretty, you know, that kind of stuff's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Especially it's, they didn't know us. Yeah. You know, they weren't yeah. sharing, they weren't sharing a bunk yeah. with us. They, you know, they right. weren't, they weren't buddies with us. Yeah. They didn't, they, you know, they didn't have to expose themselves to that risk, right. but they chose to. And I think that's when you get on my soapbox here about Army yeah. Aviation. <laughs> I think that's what makes Army Aviation better at supporting the ground force than all the other branches. Because all those guys in those cockpits, with the very rare exceptions, they're former enlisted. Yeah. You know, most of them are, for, like, especially Kiowas and Apaches, they're almost overwhelmingly former combat mm-hmm. arms. So they were there at one point. Yeah. They, they know how much it sucks. Yeah. And they have that hindsight and they have that wisdom of six eight years as an enlisted guy right at the peak of the war on yeah. terror for the guys that we had mm-hmm. so yeah. they knew what it meant to get a, a can of copenhagen in the middle of this five-day <laughs> operation out from yeah. a guy from a warrant officer in a helicopter yeah and that's that's what i think makes army aviation special yeah i, I agree i'm off awesome. I, <laughs> I agree i agree i think i think the closest one out of the air force is the a-10 i mean the, oh, the uh uh, I mean, you know, there was a period of time where they kind of you know, pulled them out of the country, and but they, but then they took them back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> eight to eight, ten. Th- that community is pretty special. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's pretty special in terms of ground support. Yeah. Fun fact for our listeners: Do you know that the United States Army came this close to getting the A ten? Mm, I didn't know that. If really? you go to Cairns Army Airfield at Fort Rucker, mm. they even went so far as to build um, parking spots for them. So really? they have like these, you know, like um, jets have like little cul-de-sacs so they can pull yeah. in they can turn yeah. around and they can face out mm-hmm. they built all the cul-de-sacs that's for the a10 that's yeah. interesting and they went but once it got to a certain point the army or the air force realized what they were giving up yeah by giving get rid of it and they snatched it back yeah last minute. you know and, then, and another thing about the aviation assets and a lot of the assets that we had access to um for one even then we understood that we had access to so much more uh mm-hmm. than like you know, about the ranger back guys having access to all that stuff, even the stuff we had access to, we felt really fortunate to have yeah. it because yeah. if you know the guys up in Corngall 
Right. Had to wait 45 minutes for an Apache to show up or whatever. Yeah. For us, it took five if they were close by. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's interesting to talk about that, that experience and army aviation in 2012 was very, very experienced with yeah. combat, you know, more mm-hmm. experienced than, than those, you know, on multiple levels on the ground in the air. And, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, if you're like a Navy pilot, 6,000 feet up in the air with a, you know, with a 2000 pound bomb and they're like, they're in that tree line. You, you, you can't visualize <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. you know? Yeah, so yeah. that's, that's a good point to make. Well, even on a, a micro level, the difference in situational awareness of a Kiowa versus an Apache. Yeah. And you know what? I, I loved the Kiowas. And, you know, my stepdad flew them. Like some of my best friends were Kiowa pilots. I, I flew Apaches. I'll remind my audience again. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure. Yeah. What, what was that again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, What's the nomenclature? Like? Yeah. <laughs> Age <Wow>. 64. <laughs> um, but the, the better situation was that they had flying 50 feet off the ground like they saw the guys yeah like yeah. there's the Taliban there they're yeah. right there let's drop a smoke grenade yeah whereas in the Apache were sitting up there like yeah <laughs> yeah maybe yeah playing yeah. video games yeah almost. um so it's a different experience but yeah so uh well I, I one we, on we're on track to wrapping this one up but <laughs> uh, there's a couple things we wanted sure. to ask you what moments and memories have stuck with you from that deployment I think uh being able to take a photo kind of at the top top of that uh, and i know that was that was a little bit uh i think i was a little bit nervous about that one but yeah. I, it, it kind of i think we all kind of want to make a statement like we're not going to be um you know we're not going to be told you know where we can where we can go i mean th- that was a very difficult it was very difficult deployment. I, you know, I can remember doing that together. The the watching guys uh, get get some awards. Mm-hmm. I think we did sort of a larger, um, you know, awards thing. There, you know, sort of down. I can't. I can't even remember. Maybe it's by the. Uh, maybe it's by the airfield, not airfield, but the yeah, HLZ. 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 Yeah. Um. But you know, other other memories. Um, are the sort of some of these discrete incidents of what guys are doing for each other in, in yeah. battle, whether that's like, you know, trying to grab somebody out of a creek or, you know, uh, exposing themselves um, to take pressure off of another element uh, or the laughter uh, in the midst of, uh, difficult situations. Those, those are the, the kinds of things that keep me like, if, if if we didn't have the people, like we didn't have the types of of people, um, I'm not sure that I would stay in, stay in the army because it's actually like as an officer, like you could choose any number of professions. That's not as hard as this. And, and, like lieutenant colonel's kind of like not a big deal in the army. Like I mean, you know, in in the grand scheme of things, like you could be a lieutenant colonel, and, and I'm I'm not. I want to be clear. Like every every branch is, you know, is super important to the army. But in terms of like, if you think about like <laughs> like what you're asked to do, like physically over the life of uh, out of a career, like you you kind of do something else and not yeah. necessarily destroy yourself. But. Sure the the kinds of folks that, that you get exposed to from all walks of life mm-hmm. um and then to see to see how 
these these individuals predominantly you know in the infantry at least when we were in was was all guys mm -hmm. to see what guys will do for each other in mm -hmm. battle i mean those those are the memories that uh that stick with me you know uh doc rudy you know the way he was care trying to you know care for sean uh in the midst of like you know this dog you know his dog you know trying to attack everybody um um you know, you guys becoming like masters of getting over these walls and selecting routes. And I mean, you had two PLs over the life. I mean, you look at who was left in terms of who leadership wise remained. And there weren't, you know, most, most folks. Yeah. Denson Kohler. Yeah. Even Kohler came yeah. on through. Yeah. Kohler, yeah. Kohler. Yeah. Kohler. And he wasn't there the whole time. Yeah. Even at the platoon yeah. level, like we've mentioned it before, Luke and I were the only, yeah. only people two. from our squad that finished. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, it, uh, when you have that, you know, that level of, of turnover too. Um, but yeah, I'd say overall, going back to your original yeah. uh, question, you know, so, so th those are the, the things that kind of, that, that stick with you are, is, is the really, really what we're describing is love, you yeah, know, yeah. And, no, and no one, you know, we, we often don't talk in that way, but, but that's really what it is when, when you've, when you make a decision and it's not just once, yeah. You know, what, what we're talking about is people doing this over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. You're making a decision that I may die and I'm and I'm OK with that yeah. because I'm going to try to save his life. Right. You know, that that to me is the, is the definition of, of um, you know, of love for your, you know, for your brother. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, the way we close these things out is we always give everybody the space to say anything they want, you know? So if there's something that you want to air, something that you want, that you want guys to hear something that you want to, and because a lot of the guys that were there are going to listen to this. And I think from you, I think uh, if there's something that you really want to say, this is, you know, yeah. have at it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, first, first of all, what I want to say is this, thank you to, to both Luke and, and Curtis for doing this because this is, you know, it's important, um, you know, for, for us to, you know, for, to, for us to talk about this, reflect on, uh, you know, our, our previous experiences. Um, uh, I do want to say that I did not direct the melting of any ice cream, uh, <laughs> and, uh, which, you know, I, you know, you hear these, you hear these things and it's like, man, like, what would that even look like? Is it like, what would that even look like? Does like somebody have to like dump, dump the, dump the ice, ice cream, cream out, out or like. That is then? exactly, in my mind, <laughs> you had taken the ice cream out of the defect, yeah. set it in the middle of HLZ. Yeah. Did I do it on my own? Did I have like a dolly or what? Like how well, no, I it was get part, it out? It was part of your workout, remember? It was on your, it was on your workout board. So, that was... <laughs> so I carried like, like bit by bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kind of like a, yeah. you know, a, a water jug carry, but with yeah. ice cream. What I do, what I, what I am curious, like who, who, who wrote, cause you said it was like on some sort of white. Yeah. Cause you used to write what your workout was that day. Yeah. Which, which that's also yeah. funny too, because well, I think what I was doing and I talked with the Lieutenant, the Tim boss was the XO. Uh, and I think what we were doing was we were just putting a workout on mm -hmm. like that, that we had found somewhere. I'm right. Like, yeah, man, I was doing whatever I didn't want to do because we had patrolled like eight yeah. hours. Like I was like, Oh, well, my legs are fried. So I'm going to do some, something yeah. else. But at any rate, um, I, you know, there are these, I think that there are these like legends of, of, uh, you know, what we did or what I did. Um, 
cer- certainly <laughs> that I think that that's been one that's that's hung around quite yeah. a bit. That, that was treat. That yeah. was Nathan treat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nathan yeah. treat wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, treat. I'm coming for you. <laughs> but uh, I think what I what I would say is I do think um, you know there are. Uh, there are probably a number of guys who were, uh, who you know, su- suffered in some in some way mentally. I, I, I it it is not lost on me that there's f- physical and there's you know there's wounds and there's death. There was death, mm-hmm. um, but but I think one of the hidden things that that is happening um, and that has happened not not in our formation. You know, we didn't uh, we haven't suffered from any suicide. But I will say that um, to, you know, if, if you feel like there's something going on mentally to seek help, because it's not about, you know, you know, being weak in any way. It's about, you know, getting better, mm-hmm. you know, and, and there, there are a range of free things out there. And I'll echo what, what Matt said. They're not all great, but there are enough things out there to where you can go seek out something that works for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, if you were wounded in any other way, you would go and see, you would go and, and, and get, uh, get looked at. And, uh, like we've said before, I mean, we're just scratching the surface on, on, yeah. uh, what the brain, uh, is like. And, 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 uh, and so I would, I would encourage, I would encourage that. Um, and to be proud of that and to talk about it and to yeah. encourage others to do, to do the same thing. Cause mm. you know, we need, we need uh, outstanding leaders, not just in the military, but in our communities. Mm-hmm. And it's not just the military's problem. It's, it's our, it's, it's the nation's problem. And, and certainly we, I think we've got some challenges going forward, but I, I remain hopeful uh, that, you know, we can continue to get, to get better. So uh, again, I mean, uh, all thanks really goes to you guys. And, um, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be, you know, bumping around the army probably for, for, for some time, but, uh, feel free to, for anyone, uh, Curtis and, and Luke have my contact information. I'm happy to, to talk with you guys come to Fort Campbell, uh, this fall and, and come see me, uh, we we don't have to do PT. We can we can go, we can go eat some ice cream or something. You know, whatever you guys want to do. Uh, but, I, uh, I, I would I would be remiss not to mention yeah. what happened on Friday. <laughs> um, so I sent Brian the text when we were going to meet to go visit the White House, and his response was PT zero four thirty Washington <laughs> Monument. And I turned my phone around and I showed it to Luke. And he literally just like <laughs> physically repulsed. He physically <laughs> reacted to that. And not only did he physically react to it and be like, oh, that's funny. He's like, it, it fucked with it him fucked with me, for like right? an hour. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, um, you know, because he hasn't got a text like that for eight years. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I tell you, that, that upset me more than anything we've talked about today. <laughs> uh, I actually have uh, my recurring nightmare isn't from combat, it's from shaving my face and not, and I'll, I'll have a, I'll have a dream that I'm back in the army <laughs> and 98% of these dreams uh, were on spare one guard <laughs> and, uh, and I'll be walking past and I'll be like, I'm really confused. Cause I'm like, I, I did my time. Like, oh, I, I don't have to do this anymore. Yeah, and yeah. somebody, some feral figure is like, no man, you got like six more months, you know, yeah. but, but how? I did, <laughs> yeah. you know? It's not possible. Yeah. And then I'll like catch a glimpse of myself in the mirror and I'm like, 
fuck, I gotta shave. <laughs> you know, and I, it's, that's a recurring thing. Yeah, oh man. Yeah, uh, that uh, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Right, well, well, we we really appreciate yeah. you taking the time out of your busy schedule. It's my pleasure, guys. And uh, like I said, you know, yesterday, I mean, this is about this be the best thing I do all month. So yeah. uh, you said all year last. Yeah, yeah I, I thought of, I thought about it more. I changed my mind. Yeah, that's, that's it's probably a, right. It's, it's early. You got a big yeah. year ahead of yeah. January. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, yeah. Well, thanks again. Um, best of luck uh, with with the rest of your fellowship, and uh, you know, moving on to to Campbell in in the in the fall. All yeah, right. Thanks, it. guys. Appreciate yeah. it. Cheers. National University is a military-friendly college offering tuition discounts for over seventy-five programs with one hundred percent online options. Visit nu.edu slash Panjway Project.